You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I get to another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. And today we're going to be talking about the five most important Aggies to watch for in the 2020 Orange Bowl. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, name in the description right there below for those of you who are watching on WFAA.com. Make sure you're following us there. Give me a shout-out. Give me what you want to hear, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things Texas A&M content. You can always subscribe to the channel on iTunes, Spotify, or listen every single day because every single day is a Locked on Aggies podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. Before we begin on any of that, just got to give you a couple updates, things that we know, things that we need to you know, just kind of get noticing a little bit about the team going into this UNC matchup against the Tar Heels. For starters, the defense will be shorthanded one man. Nickel defensive back Devin Morris tweeted out on Tuesday that he would be missing the bowl game. He would not travel with the team to Florida in Miami because of a concussion. Now, Morris is a guy who's had a very big year. You look at his stat line, you look at what he's done. Since really coming on late in 2019, he's been a very good, solid defender playing the run. And that's what you really need with a run-heavy team such as North Carolina. They are balanced, but they are going to be a run-heavy system when they have their two running backs and Michael Carter and Javante Williams out there. However, since both of them have opted out, it may not be as big as a loss as you expect. But the good news is we get to see an early rise with freshman Antonio Johnson, the four-star prospect out of uh, Illinois, stepping into his role. He played a little bit last game against the Tennessee Volunteers. I believe he had nine total tackles in the entire season. So he likely will get the designated spot alongside Keldrick Harper to play that nickel formation role. Another name that has opted out of the bowl game, but kind of we figured this was going to happen, Connor Blumlick, the former quarterback turned running back turned special teams player, had a big time play in the LSU game will now enter the transfer portal, hoping to find his success somewhere else after graduating from the university earlier this month. Blumlick is a good guy. He's a guy who kind of just got lost on the depth chart, and he played an essential role for the team when they asked him to step up, which there's nothing more you can ask of from a player who probably should have transferred a long time ago. Instead, he stays with the team. He makes his impact. The team misses out on the college football playoff. He now gets an early shot to potentially become a quarterback, maybe a wide receiver, maybe something else to boost his NFL chances sometime in 2022. All the best of luck to Blumlick. He was a fantastic Aggie for the limited role he had. Last season, I remember a lot of people were asking who was going to play that running back two role behind Isaiah Spiller. The name that most people mentioned was not Anaya Smith. It was actually Blumlick. Jimbo Fisher said during that press conference at the Texas Bowl, we have been using Connor in multiple formations, including running back, which is a big get for a team who is very limited-handed at a position that seems to be their bread and butter going forward. Before we talk about anything other of the top five players as well, I want to just talk two more things. One, the addition of Mike Elko 
I think a lot of people are underselling just how important he's been to AM and why next season might be his last season in College Station. AM was one of the worst defenses in all of college football, not just in the SEC. On Saturday, they will have a shot to prove why they are the biggest turnaround team with only four seniors, meaning that if nobody opts out, nobody goes to the NFL draft besides, you know, the, the, the senior starters, they're going to return a total of seven starters next season to go along with a plethora of multi-talented incoming young stars that can make this unit even better. When Mike Elko got to College Station, the unit allowed, I believe, 78th in total defense. One year later, they improved to 32nd. Last season, they improved to 29th. This past season, they improved to 11th. They also ranked number three in the nation in run defense. One of the best front sevens in all of college football allowing opponents less than an average of 100 yards per game. I think it was actually more around 78 yards per game. A lot of people have said, well, this is the next wrecking crew. Elko actually said in his press conference, no, we're not. We haven't earned that yet. Anyone who knows the history of the wrecking crew, it was a dominant force for the Aggies. They were consistently one of the best front sevens. That's why the name the wrecking crew got started. Elko says one season doesn't define us as the next wrecking crew. And while he appreciates the fans saying, okay, we're in the right direction, we're not there just yet. And so I kind of agree. But the good news is for them, look at the talent that's coming up. Danelle Harris, Fadil Dix, Antonio Morrison. All these guys have yet to see really any action at all. Then you include guys like DeMarvin Leal, Jaden Peavy, guys like Bobby Brown. Guys like Michael Clemens, guys like Tyree Johnson. Now, unfortunately, you know, Clemens will be leaving this year and Buddy Johnson will be leaving this year. But you look at the team, they have a front seven that almost is already established. Imagine if they get to keep most of those players there going into 2021. That is a sign of potentially the next wrecking crew. When you see that, it also means that teams are going to start looking at guys who are kind of up and coming and risers. You saw what Kirby Smart did for years at Alabama. Elko's kind of on that same path. Each season, A&M has gotten better defensively. They were ranked near the bottom of the FBS. I mean, they weren't even in the middle of FBS. They were bottom FBS, like top tier bottom. They were then back end front line. Next season, middle of the pack front line. This season, almost top tier, overall defense. They have enough players who are coming back, especially in the secondary. Guys we don't know have played. And a plethora of stars that have already been established for about two or three years. Elko's unit could be the most dangerous one, and that could lead him to getting a head coaching job somewhere else. Where is the question? I don't know. But you look at what happened with Clark Lee this past year. This past year. Notre Dame was one of the most efficient defenses in all of college football. And it's their only chance of beating Alabama is holding guys like Najee Harris to limited carries, 
forcing Mac Jones to go deep, one of his weaker stretches, instead of looking at the intermediate and the short game. That's why you see a team like them stepping up, and now Clark Lee is the head coach of Vanderbilt. Elko can do the same thing next season and likely earn a shot of becoming a head coach somewhere. I look at North Carolina State with Dave Doran. I don't know what his status is going to be. Uh, Mac Brown, you know, this, this Mac Brown, he's 70 next year. How much longer is he going to want to coach? That could be a good fit for him. I think you look at Virginia, Bronco Mendohall, Mendohall steps up. Maybe he gets a better job. Maybe Virginia Tech. Justin Fuente has not lived up to expectations in Blacksburg. I don't think Shane Beamer is going to go there one year after going to South Carolina. So they're in a very good spot. And Elko's in a very good spot for next season to really be the guy, the next up-and-coming name in the head coaching atmosphere. Billy Napier, it feels like he's waiting for some opportunity that's not Auburn, not, you know, not Alabama. I mean, it, Alabama would be the one. Like, I feel like that's what he's waiting on, and it's not going to happen. Urban Meyer, I mean, everyone mentions his name. He's waiting for Brian Kelly to leave. I mean, like, everyone knows that. He's waiting for Brian Kelly to leave so he can go coach another name. Outside of that, I, I mean, unless you go Jamie Chadwell, who was the AP coach of the year, Elko might be the next name. And he definitely, in my opinion, outside of Tony Elliott, is the top name defensively or, I mean, coordinator-wise that should be a head coach. And this season alone has proved it. The NFL season is coming to an end. The college football season is coming to an end. But that means playoffs are here. The college ball playoff is coming up tomorrow. And the NFL playoffs start next week. So bets are going to be at an all-time high. And we recommend you go to the one place that covers all bets and the one place we trust. That is Bet Online AG. Sign up today with a free account at BetOnlineAG. They have the games of the week, the college football top lines, plus current headlines surrounding the NBA, other sports around the world. You have all the types of bets you want. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON for $50 off your first betting deposit. BetOnlineAG, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, we already know that betting is a tough bet. Nobody knows what you can expect with betting, but when you go and listen to the brand new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicap expert Lee Sterling, you can get the top bets of the day. Get your daily picks and quick-hitting analytics that are made by smart professional wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Presented by BetOnline.ag. All right. So five players that need to have a big game or who I expect to have a big game against North Carolina. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and start with this. North Carolina could be in a very situation that's very similar to Florida. Anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, go look at Florida last night. I like Florida. I thought Florida was a dang good team. I thought Florida was one of those teams that was on the rise. I thought that Dan Mullen has done enough to prove that he can contend for the SEC East every single season with Kirby Smart. There doesn't look to be a team in the SEC East outside of those two that is taking that next step, and they got obliterated. Now, don't get me wrong. Kyle Trask did not have any of his weapons, but that maybe is more so saying what Kadavius Tony and uh, uh, Trayvon Grimes and Kyle Pitts mean to NFL teams than it does what Trask is. 
Trash went 18 of th- uh, 16 and 28 for 156 yards, average 5.6 a throw, career low 21.7 QBR rating, and that's because he threw three interceptions, two of which were atrocious. One was a drop that goes into a, a player's hands. You can always kind of ignore that. You can't ignore the two that are directly thrown in the hands of an Oklahoma Sooners player, one taken back for a pick six. You look at what UNC has. Losing their top 1,000-yard receiver, both 1,000-yard rushers, middle linebacker. I think they lost two defensive backs as well. They're in a very similar situation. Meanwhile, Spencer Rattler threw uh, for 247 yards, three total touchdowns at a QBR rating of 76.4. Sam Howell is a dang good quarterback, and I'll go down on this hill for a very long time. Sam Howell will be the number one pick in 2022 if he elects to opt out. The mechanics are there. The tools are there. His footwork is great. What he does in the ACC makes a competition between him and Trevor Lawrence, even though the actual level of skill sets right now is beyond, you know, impressive for the future number one pick in Lawrence. You can at least say that Howell has the mechanics and the tools to take over for a franchise in 2022. But he doesn't have his number one running back. Doesn't have his number two running back. Doesn't have his number one wide receiver. His defensive line took a hit. His defensive backfield took a hit. It's Howell versus a bunch of Aggies who are pissed off. So who are the top five that we got to watch for in this game? Number five, I'm going to go with a guy who has broken out this year immensely. And I expect him to have a big time game. That'd be Aaron Hansford. Hansford was a wide receiver that, you know, had a transition to safety, that transitioned to linebacker and was really only used on third down sub packages last year, he stepped up immensely in favor of the likes of Anthony Hines when he opted out. Now he has been the most consistent pass rusher for AM. He's played well in coverage. He's been great on the line of scrimmage. He does a little bit of everything for the Aggies. And he's kind of set himself up to be one of those breakout guys who probably has earned the right to see his draft stock, you know, go sky high. If he has a good game this day, I would expect him to probably be an alternate, you know, roster addition at the Senior Bowl. That boosts his stock even more. Maybe that gets him a combine invite. If all that happens, it also allows teams to see a little bit more of him. And I think it probably allows him to, I wouldn't say get drafted, but definitely be on the radar of teams that are looking for special teamers. Because again, he does a great job just being fast on the line of scrimmage, making plays with his hands, and forcing running backs to either cut back and run into the defensive line or come head on with him, and he wins 90% of the battles. Plus, he is just a fantastic pass rusher. There is the offensive line for UNC's good. It's not great, and anyone can win. Number four, I'm going to go with the likes of Anaya Smith. Smith is a guy who is built for this type of game. You don't really know what you have on the defensive line. You had a couple of defensive backs opt out. You had a couple of players uh, in the linebacker position, like Chaz Surrett, who is a speedster. Kind of, uh, he opted out as well. So it's a mismatch. You don't have a guy who's fast enough to cover Smith out of the backfield as a running back. And you certainly don't have a guy with the right blocks to get him on a swing route. Smith does a little bit of everything. And that's why he's the team's leader in total yards this year. Because if he can play a wide receiver, he can play a running back. He can take jet sweeps. He can take, you know, pitches to the outside. 
He's not just a burly in the trenches kind of guy. He can hit every single gap. He can also hit the corner. He's got good speed and he makes a lot of plays with his feet and his size that make him probably the most dangerous player on AM. I've said this for a while and I kind of stand by it. I think that Smith is the best overall pure talent on AM's offense because of what he can do. There's few players in the SEC alone that can do it. Jalen Waddles one, Kadavius Tony's two. I mean, after that, you can honestly argue that Smith next year is the Kadavius Tony. He steps up. He becomes the first-round prospect that everyone's talking about. And maybe he's just a gadget player. Maybe he's a running back. Maybe that doesn't mean he's a first-round talent, but it definitely means that he steps up. So I think that in this game, nobody really can cover him. We don't really know who's going to be doing what. We don't really know where they're lining up defensively. This is a big game for Smith, and I expect him to have a, a monster showing with the running, with the passing. I expect him to have two touchdowns on the day. Number three, a name no one's heard, name you're going to learn, Antonio Johnson. Johnson alone has to step up because he has a shot to take over for the dime formations with Keldra Carper. He has a shot to fight with Devin Morris next season in the nickel position. He has a shot to pair up with Damani Richardson. He's a safety that is hybrid. He can play fast on field. He can move like a linebacker. He can run like a cornerback. He's good at blitzing. He was a four-star prospect coming out of Illinois. He was the number one safety in his state. And in the two games that he's played this year, he has 11 total tackles. He's a guy who in this system is going to be playing a lot of zone. He's going to be playing kind of that rover rat position is what we call it. You hover. You're going to be sitting in spot. Nobody comes at you. You look at the run, comes your way, you go. You are going right there. If not, you're playing the flats. You're watching, you're watching, watching. You have a shot to go get a pick. That is what uh, that is what uh, Johnson's going to do. Johnson has a shot for a very big game. Because Morris has done a good job playing that nickel role. Very similar size, very similar build. He's also a freshman, so there's very little film on him. You don't really know what to expect from Johnson. And it's really hard for offensive coordinators to prepare for him, saying, hey, he's going to bite here. You don't know that. You know that he can play the run, but he was very good in high school at playing disguise coverages and causing teams to force turnovers. I expect him to do something very similar in that role this upcoming game, which means that's a very good step for the future of the Aggies program when it comes to the defensive backs, which will be losing a player next year with Miles Jones. Who's going to step up? I believe 100% it is going to be the likes of Johnson for 2021. Let's just break this down for a quick second for anyone who doesn't know. Let's say that you stay up super late on Saturday night. You got to go watch the Aggies play. You have to be somewhere really early the next morning because of it's Sunday and you can't break through your mental wall. Whether it's a mental wall, whether it's a physical wall, whether it's something that you just have to get through that day, make sure you start your day off right with Built Go, presented by the same people who brought you Built Bar. They're very easy to take. It comes in a 1.5 ounce packaging, plus it comes in three different flavors like peanut butter honey, coconut chocolate, and coconut uh, and chocolate mint. Now you can put it in your bag. Gets you through a presentation, gets you through church, gets you through a workout. 
It's just like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling because it combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is very fast-absorbing to the body, plus it's easier on the stomach than acidic drinks. And it comes with beta-aline, B3, honey, just enough kick of caffeine, plus B6, B12 vitamins, all your daily doses, plus collagen protein promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. I may have the face for radio, but you can look even better. Go visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next purchase. That promo code is LOCKED at BuiltGo.com. Break through your wall every single day with BuiltGo from BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure that you are listening to our Locked on SEC show with Chris Gordy. Gordy breaks down all 14 teams in the SEC, talking everything you need to know about the upcoming season. And with basketball season right around the corner, it's a wide open race after Kentucky. Who is the number two team? Can it be A&M? You're going to want to listen to Locked on SEC wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Player number two with a big time game. It's tough because there's so many guys I really want to go with. I want to go with Leon O'Neal because if he's just had a really good run the past couple weeks, I want to go with maybe Isaiah Spiller because if he's just been the guy, I want to go with the wide receiver. I want to go with Jalen Weidemeyer, but I'm going to go with DeMarvin Leal. Leal is the future of A&M's off defensive line. That's just really it. He can blitz. He can play the run. He's good in coverage. He can do a little bit of everything. He has an interception on the year. He he blocked a pass. I mean, he's good at what he does. And he can play from any gap. He can line head up on the center. He can line on the outside shoulder of the right guard and on the inside shoulder of the right tackle. He can line up on the outside completely. And he moves like a linebacker. This is a guy who has the pass rushing ability of Miles Garrett and the speed of Von Miller put in a more than likely five tech at the next level's body. So you're going to see him probably at the next level play hand in the dirt where Garrett, if you were playing in a three, four system, he'd be playing a stand up position. Von Miller plays a stand up position. Leal doesn't. He's never going to. He's going to play with his hand in the dirt, but he's going to be as fast and as physical as both of them combined. That's what Leal is. That's why Leal is so phenomenal. That's why I've talked to scouts and they said, if he continues to do what he's doing, he has a shot to be a very high-end first-round pick. And there's a reason for it. He causes havoc. Play in and play out. Sam Howell will be under a lot of duress in this game. The question is, can he break through? If Leal is causing this much panic, I don't think so. I really don't. And that's why I think he's going to have a big-time game. But number one overall, it's got to be Kellen Mon. This could be Mon's final game as an Aggie. And his last game against Tennessee, he went out on a good note. He had, uh, I think he had over, two, he had over 250 passing yards. I think he had three touchdowns on the day. He did throw an interception. I mean, he did, but outside of that, he was near perfect. In games that have mattered this year for AM, he's been great. Now, he wasn't great against LSU. Nobody on the offense really was. I mean, they literally scored two field goals, one rushing touchdown, 
And then they have the pick six. That's game. I mean, I mean, that was AM's plan. Each each side scored a touchdown. Nobody broke away. Against Auburn, he nearly threw an interception, but he didn't. Instead, he kept plays going. Good on third down. Kept drives alive. Kept the ball moving. Great at what he does. That is what Kellen Mond is. He doesn't have to be this big-time thrower. But the cool thing is, you look at the protection from last season to the protection from this season. They are not allowing more than half a sack a game, which means Mond is either stepping into the sack or one player is able to get back there a game. And then after that, nobody else can because that's how it diminishes. One sack and then it literally goes less. A&M allowed against the top competition, and I believe three of those sacks came in the first two games. Four total sacks on the year. That's a compliment to the offensive line. That's a compliment to what uh, you know this unit of mostly seniors has done. That's a compliment to how Mon has started evading pressure. Because last season, they allowed 33 and one starter left. One player. Big time get for A&M. Big time day for A&M. Mon has a shot to end his career out on the right note. This may not feel like a big time win because everyone was like, oh, well, we didn't go to the college football playoff. It is. It really is. Not for anything more than the fact of Kellen Mond's legacy could rely on this game. He could go to the NFL. He could come back. Nobody knows. But what we do know is if he has a good game, it shows scouts, number one, he could work in the NFL. And it also shows, more than anything, AM fans, he was our guy. He 100% was our guy. That's going to do for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're listening to the podcast here on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Tomorrow, it's game day preview. We got Candace Cooper from Locked on Tar Heels joining the podcast. We'll be doing a Locked on crossover. Make sure you listen to that. Make sure you also get your bets in on betonline.ag. We will see you tomorrow. And remember, before we go, Happy New Year. Congratulations. You made it through 2020. I am so excited to see what 2021 brings us. And because of you guys, the fans, the listeners, I get to do this every single day. Every single day is a Locked on Aggies podcast day. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.